welcome to episode 11 of the Winner Winner podcast, a Player Unknown's Battlegrounds podcast. I am your host, Arjuna, and joining me today, all the way from sunny Spain, it's <laughs> Robin Nelson. Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Um, yeah, how's so it going out there, Robin? You guys probably didn't hear, but I'm in Spain, and it's uh, different than I thought. And first things first... Um, I thought I was going to Spain too, uh, but I'm in a part of Spain, I guess it's a part of Spain called Catalonia, and people here will correct you if you say you're in Spain and tell you that you're actually in Catalonia, (laughs) which is something I didn't take very seriously in the States. I didn't really realize how important the regional identity was here, and it's it's common for other places in Spain as well, Um, but... Yeah, it's just a little geography lesson for you guys right off the bat before we get to the show. Is um, I thought I was going to sunny Spain, as Arjuna said, and I'm actually in freezing Catalonia. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes, it's really cold. It's colder than Oregon, where we usually do the podcast from. Yeah, and, it, was, um, it was like warm and like maybe 55, 60 yeah, degrees I, Fahrenheit. I did my homework really badly. Um, I, <laughs> I thought it was like going to be slightly warmer here, so I was expecting fifties. And it's it, granted it's a it's a particularly cold week, but it's twenty five degrees Fahrenheit, or about four no negative four degrees Celsius. Wow! And so it's freezing. Um, I was yeah. snowed in the first day I was here. I'm in this like farmhouse outside of a town called Vic. Wow! And yeah, it's been pretty awesome. I'm really stoked uh, to be here, and glad we can still do the podcast. Um, so yeah, if you guys ever go to Catalonia, um, the, the language they speak is Catalonia, Catalonian or Catalonia, Catalan. And yeah, it's not Spanish. So (laughs) good to know, get get ready to like read a menu in a different language if you've been studying Spanish. Um, and so, yeah, you live and learn. Yeah, the joke's on you, huh? <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome. I love it here. It's yeah, I, I've been seeing that in the news, you know, um, various uh, news about Catalonia and its relationship with Spain and political uh-huh. unrest. That, But it's it's cool to have you presence that in a really real way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everywhere you look here right now is, um, you know, different signage and um, symbolism about uh, political freedom. Mm. Um, I don't. Mm. It's not that everybody. A lot of people here want Catalan to be Catalonia to be its own country. Mm. Um, but there's also the issue where their politicians are being threatened with jail or are in jail um, because they're trying to hold uh, referendums and things about independence. Yeah. So, pretty spicy political stuff happening here. Yeah, you you picked a great time <laughs> to show up. Yeah, but hey, if anyone, if any of you guys are in Spain. Uh, or especially Catalonia. Um, I would love... I haven't played PUBG for a whole week because I didn't bring my gaming machine with me over here. And so if any of you guys are here and have a gaming machine and want to host me for um, some some PUBG and some beer or some wine or whatever, and uh, yeah, also looking for other fun places to stay. So um, let me know. And I'd love to, to get together with anyone who's out here. So hit us up on the Discord. Yeah, yeah. let us know on the Discord, or you can even mail us at uh, winnerpodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's awesome, Robin. Yeah, if you hear a little artifacting in Robin's voice, that's just because he's dialing in over a questionable line. We'll hope that that maintains and doesn't mm-hmm. give us too much trouble, but 
you know, knock on wood, good so far. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, today we are going to be covering a number of topics. It's actually going to be a probably kind of a long episode. Uh, I know you listening at home hate that. It's just more awful content you have to slog <laughs> through. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about a little, you know, new updates to the game. And then our weapon highlight for this week is the Car 98. So just another controversial weapon. Some love it, some don't. Uh, Location highlight is going to be El Pozo on Miramar. And then our main topic is uh, another uh, listener-requested topic that I really liked, um, which is when to engage. And Tim touched on this a little bit last week, and I thought it deserved its own segment. So uh, we'll we'll be talking about that at the end of the show. But uh, first of all, I wanted to give some Patreon shout-outs. Uh, we've had two new patrons this week, Isaac and Travis. Thank you guys so much. We love it when you show your support in that way. Um, and, of course, we love all of our listeners. Uh, however you are showing up, listening, sharing, we we love it all. So thank you for that. Um, and I just wanted to say especially, you know, we, it, this this podcast, uh, you guys have really driven the growth of this podcast. We've had 10,000 downloads in our first month and um, 100 Discord members as well in just that one month. Crazy. I know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so surprised. It's just amazing that we have that many downloads. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, it's been blowing up and it's basically because you guys are really great. So um, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. We love you. We love bringing you this show. Um, We're going to keep working on it as long as you keep showing up. So awesome. And uh, got this cool letter from one of our listeners, Robin, that I think you're going to appreciate uh, Mm -hmm. on the topic of peaking. So... Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we use pedals on this show to do our peaking because of the difficulty of uh, strafing and peaking in, this, in mm-hmm. the same direction at the same time, right? Right. So he, so uh, our listener Joshua Reynolds writes in to say, guys, love the show. Thank you, Joshua. I recently discovered if you reverse your peak keys, so it's Q to peak uh, right and E to peak left, much more natural to strafe and peak at the same time. What? I know. That's mind cool. mind blowing, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is this is a whole this is a whole new dimension. That um, is awesome. Now, okay. of, you know, of course, my initial question was, don't you get your directions mixed up? And you know, he was like, you know, he he wrote back. He said, you just get used to it and it becomes natural. Exactly. I almost never peak yeah. the wrong direction. I'm sure there's an initial adjustment period. That that was from Joshua? Yeah, that's from Joshua. Man, mm-hmm. Joshua, you got some great finger coordination. That is- <laughs> I know. <laughs> it I know. sounds a it sounds a little hard, but I definitely could see how you'd get used to it. And, right, right. Over time, um, you know. Yeah. I imagine mm-hmm. it's probably just like you know, like on a joystick or a gamepad, how you have that inverted axis, right? Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing where it might be a little weird at first, but then it just becomes second nature and then you can't live without it. Yeah. So yeah, I thanks. wonder, and, and that's a good point because if if you were saying before they might not allow it in a tournament or something, the foot pedals, right? And so yeah, it'd be a good workaround to get used to if you're a competitive gamer. Which totally. Arjuna, we should totally join a tournament someday. Oh, we should. Yeah, just yeah. Just on, but 
it'd be good content <laughs> based based on our podcast credentials you know we'll yes, register and exactly probably we'll just get freaking owned yeah <laughs> hey we're doing it for the people yeah for the people so uh <laughs> anyway uh keep yeah love your letters keep sending them in learn things every day so let's quickly cover some patch notes uh pc just released another patch and the the big selling point on this patch is the anti-cheat measures they're rolling out so apparently they're cracking down even more on cheating yes, yes. i'm so stoked about this yeah I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this will mean that I can play in third person again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I haven't been able to play, but... However, Robin, I'm sorry to say that BattleEye is now going to be blocking Reshade. No, I did read that, and I'm disappointed. I've, I've been using Reshade pretty much when since I started first using the game. Yeah. It and, um, it just really does. It's it's a drab game, guys. <laughs> no one no one argues this. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Pretty undersaturated. Yeah. Um, it's just and so yeah, reshaded helped quite a bit, and so I'll have to get used to the gray gray color theme of the game. Yeah, if you don't like earth tones and green, you're just shit out of luck. But they're they're like muted earth tones. <laughs> if it was like if it was like good colorful earth tones, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be realistic or something where no, I don't even think so. Like the contrast and the saturation are both they both feel really low. No, I I agree. I don't know if it's just they're trying to make people harder to see or what. So yeah, you'll have to get used to that. I would just recommend if you play on the PC and you use Reshade, just just uninstall that. Just don't even risk it. Um, you might get banned. It is a bannable offense. And furthermore, modifying the game files in any way could be a bannable offense now. So mm-hmm. just, just, just don't be messing with that stuff anymore. Did you know, Robin, people were actually going in and deleting the Miramar files? So that, no way! <laughs> yeah, oh so, so they couldn't load into Miramar. So, but it would probably it would it still put them in the server and then just fail to load them into it. Yeah, what it, it would like try it would to it try to match make them and then it would just boot them back to the lobby. Got it. So people they they just try and try again until they loaded into an Arangal server. That's hilarious. So yeah, clearly PUBG. Uh, it's, more, it's more efficient than uh, loading <laughs> in and having to quit and go through all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's users instituting their own map selection. That's clever. Um, speaking of that, didn't they? They made some changes on the recent update, right, to Miramar? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, previous previous update, they added a bunch of terrain and whatnot. Did you have you noticed? Is it game changing? You know, it. I can't say that I have... It does seem like there are just more, like, cacti and trees around. Okay. And maybe yeah. a few more shacks. To be honest, I didn't learn the map well enough before to really know the difference. Okay. But they, they also did some loot balancing. So apparently mm-hmm. the the loot is a little, like, higher quality in some places and lower quality in others. So it's just yeah. a little more balanced out now. Yeah, yeah. That's, which is, which is good. I can't wait to play it. I heard they also added some roads, extra, like little back roads. Right, right. Yep, yep. Around more easily. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I just never learned the map well enough to really see what's different. Um, but I have, there have been some hillsides I've looked at and thought, ah, I, th- I think there are more trees 
and, mm. and stuff than they used to be. So, yeah, it'd be fun to see a before and after. Of yeah, I, I would places. like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that they are fixing in this patch, which I am freaking thankful for, is uh, they fixed red zone sounds. So hopefully our ears aren't going to be bleeding anymore. They, they fixed the issue where the sounds of explosions would become too loud when played simultaneously. True oh. story. True story. That was fucking loud. <laughs> I actually, you know I, what? This, yeah. is, this is a sad thing for me to admit, but when I'm playing solos especially, sometimes, like if I'm, if I'm in cover, I'll just go prone and mute the game until the explosions mm. stop. I just don't want to deal with it, dude. It's too loud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, when it, when they first changed the sounds, I, like I remember, I was stu- super stoked, and everyone else was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, this is so cool!" Like, and now it's like we, we're all used to it, and it's just like, "Oh my god, this hurts!" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is so loud. I kind of still like it, but it is a little. It feels like damaging. <laughs> well, it's just like you know, if you want to be able to hear footsteps in this game, then you know you got to crank it a little bit. And yes, yeah. and then you know when those bombs hit, it's just it's yeah, it's too much. So mm-hmm. I think this is the only video game I've ever can remember in the history of my life where like I mute the game audio as part of my routine. Mm. I even got like a volume control on my headphone cord specifically because certain parts of the game were too loud. You like bought a new pair of headphones to like get a control on the cable no i just like i got a cable that had a that had a Uh, volume control on it yeah okay so anyway yeah i I don't know to me that speaks to some deficiency in the sound design but um Mm -hmm. maybe they just want it that way the PUBG corp they should just hire us as consultants they should dude i mean that let's be honest that's what this podcast really is is it's just a long long and convoluted cv yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's talk quickly about a recent xbox patch that just came out um they decided that they messed up the vehicle damage and they reverted it back to the same levels they were prior to last week's patch so um they said we received a lot of great feedback following the changes made to vehicle player damage they said we're continuing to tune and balance this element of gameplay so um they're reverting back to increased damage if a player is struck by a vehicle. So that's, to clarify, that's not the damage vehicles are taking, but the damage that the players receive when they get struck by one. It's also fixing an issue that prevented players from vaulting over certain objects. They also were having an issue. I hadn't seen this when I was playing on the Xbox. They said vehicles are no longer relocating to a different location on the map after you exit them. What? (laughs) that's a bad day right there yeah dude you get out of your car and it just teleports it just bounces on the map yeah Yeah, it's like later um rng bro it's just (laughs) i would love to see a like someone doing a replay video you know yeah of that of like getting out of their car and their car disappearing and then like changing to a different location on the map and showing it reappear like just out of nowhere well that's what i'm curious about is where does it spawn and like if someone was standing there what happens exactly exactly that's exactly where i'm going with this it's like if if there was a pattern you could totally exploit that oh that'd be amazing 
Yeah. <laughs> you can vehicle snipe people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, can you imagine that? You're like, you're in like some gnarly fight with somebody else and all of a sudden you just see a vehicle spawn and crush them and be yeah it'd be genius mm-hmm. <laughs> actually that's not a bug that's a feature i think <laughs> yeah some some bugs should not be fixed yeah i agree as, as disappointed as i would be is if i was like using it as cover like next to an airdrop <laughs> it just I get it, like I park it in a very strategic spot and get out, and then it just vanishes and like getting lit up. You know, it was I'd just <laughs> the vehicles are just too much a part of the Xbox meta game. They just wanted to nerf them, and that was their best, their best way. Just random teleportation. <laughs> what would be really wonder... fun is like if it would teleport if a passenger was still in it. So like, I, it might I was teleport. just wondering that. Yeah. The driver gets out, and then your passenger gets your teleported. Your body is just freaking across the <laughs> like, map. Into, a, like, a red zone in the blue zone, you know? Just... <laughs> Which Sucker. doesn't happen, but... yeah. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, when Rando's getting your car. Man, I think, like, we're, we're a little bit more rambly on this episode. I think I'm just stoked to be, to be speaking in English at length. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah man. It's, it's great to have you back, Rob, and we missed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully you weren't too offended by all the trash talking we did about you on the last episode. Oh, you know what? I haven't even, even heard it yet. <laughs> oh, so brah. You have a lot to look forward to. Oh, shit. Oh, no. So speaking of the last episode, I just wanted to address um, something that, you know, I had a conversation with a few listeners about this surrounding the Xbox and the arrival of the Xbox on the show. Mm-hmm. So without getting too far into this, I just wanted to, um, first of all, I wanted to issue an apology. We had a few players who felt like our initial take on the Xbox was disparaging. Oh. Yeah. At which, you know, in the moment, I didn't feel that way, or at least I wasn't trying to be that way. I was I was trying to offer as honest a reflection on my experience as possible. Uh-huh. And, you know, spoiler alert. Wait, was alert, it after we had tried it? After you had tried it or before? Yeah, it was after I'd tried it. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I mean, it wasn't a glowing review, um, and I don't think it deserves a glowing review. I don't think either version of the game deserves a glowing review. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I went back and listened to it, and I felt like my represent. I didn't feel like I was being unfair. Um, but Tim... Tim was was being a little trolly and he wanted to talk about using a mouse and keyboard on, you know, on the Xbox and he was actually encouraging Xbox players to try it on the PC. You know, I think some people interpreted that as being kind of disparaging towards the Xbox. Uh, I and I see. could I could see how that could be and I, you know, I think I could have done a better job of fucking Tim. Fucking Tim, bro. You know, he's a loose that's cannon. A disclaimer. Tim will admit he's an asshole. <laughs> Tim is actually a very sweet guy. He is. But he is also an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Just resolve that paradox. In yeah. the best way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we love Tim, but he's a you know, Tim he's a self he's yeah. a self professed <laughs> troll. His his sign off on the last show was Xbox players get a keyboard. Um uh, so yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So, so he was trolling, but you know, in fairness, in fairness, I, I didn't quite check him on it the way I could have. Um, Fuck you guys. So you're, you're trolling the Xbox guys and you're trolling me on this last show. It's like, at least, um, 
for one week, you know, and, and there goes it half just, of our listeners. It just there. all goes to shit, man. I know. I know. So, um, I, I don't know. I just want to set the record straight a little bit. I have to say I was a little disappointed playing it on the Xbox. And part of it was just that it was actually really frustrating getting it up and running on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the appeals, actually, of playing games on the Xbox is that they should, in theory, be easy to install and mm-hmm. they should just work, right? Or at least that's kind of one of my concepts about consoles and, and one of the advantages totally. of consoles, right? It wasn't like that? It, no, it wasn't. Sure. It, it wouldn't wow. run. Weird. And um, I was a little pissed that I had to subscribe to Xbox Live to play yeah. the game. Um, it's just something I wasn't really aware of. So, you know, I shelled out some additional cash to subscribe for Xbox Live. And then the game was not recognizing that I had Xbox Live. You know, after like a day of trying to troubleshoot it on my own, I finally called Microsoft support and they walked me through and I got it resolved. But it was like two full days. Just out of curiosity, what kind of issues, why wouldn't it run? It just, the game just didn't think I had Xbox Live. And I I had to just jump through a bunch of hoops until I did the one thing that solved it. But I, I had to um, delete my account and create a new one. Weird. So that was like an Xbox Live issue? Yeah, not... exactly. Okay. I, yeah. You know, okay. I don't know, though, whether it was an issue with Xbox Live or an issue with PUBG. I don't know. Yeah. But like, so, so by the time I got to playing, I'd spent hours of troubleshooting and being frustrated. So I, I was kind of pissed off when I started. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's just, it's like the game, it's kind of like going back to playing it in March of last year, which isn't terrible, but it, it, it was a bit of a rough adjustment, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And there are certain aspects of it that are just haven't been properly figured out. So like inventory management, for example, is just, it's, and, and everyone knows this, like it just needs work. I really honestly have nothing against the Xbox. I have nothing against Xbox players. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to convince anyone mm-hmm. to play the PC version, although the PC version is better. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I know there are just plenty of people out there who would rather play on the Xbox. Either it's the system they have or it's, you know, they uh, like yeah. to I think I think there is more generally and it's maybe obvious, but there's kind of more snobbery in the PC community toward yeah. Xbox than and vice versa. Yeah, I um, would agree with that. Because it's like it's more specialized, and it's you know it. You can have if you have a nice PC system, it's always going to be better than an Xbox system, right? Because um, you spent like three thousand exactly, dollars on it. Exactly. It's like <laughs> at least twelve hundred dollars later. I mean, yeah. you could do it for cheaper, but like it's yeah. it's a fucking snowball, like slippery slope. It is it's like oh man, like I experienced that lag, like. Right when I was trying to get that crucial kill, and like you know, then you end up dropping four hundred bucks to upgrade like right. graphics. <laughs> but I used to I used to game um, exclusively on Xbox. Mm. It was more in my college days mm. um, when I had you know I just didn't have any money at all to spend on a PC like gaming system. It just made no yeah. sense, yeah. and so um, and it worked. I really liked that it was just kind of plug and play. And, you know, you have to do the Xbox Live membership, but it's pretty little headache, you know. Um, yeah, for the most part. So, yeah. yeah, it yeah. was anyway in that case, but it sounds like it's, they've got some kinks now. Yeah, it's a little more complicated. My main point in bringing this up was that I really, truly don't, I'm not trying to convince anybody to play this game on a platform they don't want to play it on or to make any kind of point about which is better. Yeah. 
that conversation, it just doesn't interest me, honestly. It doesn't interest me. Um, I, I think of them as different experiences of the same game. And yeah. clearly PUBG devs are, are recognizing that the Xbox version of this game has different needs. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why they're, you know, adjusting the vehicle damage and, and just making changes to it is that they're acknowledging, okay, this mm-hmm. this game is never going to be the PC experience because they're not playing it on a PC. I mean, it's just obvious, yeah. right? So, you know, I'm really, I have always felt like the content that we provide for this show is predominantly applicable to both platforms. I can't think of any advice that we've given here that I wouldn't, you know, I'd recommend on the PC that I wouldn't recommend on the Xbox or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And also note that Miramar content will be Xbox content soon, right? So, even even if Xbox players don't currently have access to Miramar, they will. So, you know, just ask our Xbox players to have a little bit of patience when listening to the Miramar segments. Someday you'll be able to come back and listen to these and hopefully get some knowledge from them. I'm going to continue to play on the Xbox and um, I, I love all of the Xbox players in our community and I'm just sorry that the first take of the Xbox on this show was not as positive as it could have been. Let's just put it this way. Anything that any of the hosts say on this show doesn't reflect the actual views and policies of Winner Winner Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you nailed it, buddy. (laughs) You nailed it. Yeah, we don't we don't represent the Winner Winner Podcast. I I mean, I don't care. I, I like the game. I like that other people enjoy the game. I think people should enjoy the game in whatever way they see fit and and feel awesome about it, period. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Thanks for listening to that. I think we're ready to get into this week's show topics. What do you think, Robin? Let's go. Awesome. Vamos. All right. So uh, this, this week, we are focusing on the Car 98, which... It's funny, I keep feeling on this show like I'm saying, oh, this is such a controversial weapon. Uh, and what mm. I'm realizing is that I think, I, I'm, I'm sure you just couldn't find a single weapon in this game that anyone really agrees on. Totally. You know? <laughs> I think we say that every week. We're like, well, like, we're doing this weapon. It's so controversial. <laughs> it's like, it's just because there's, there's lovers and haters for each one. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel, though, I feel like the Car 98 has, like, a particularly strong tribe of lovers, and the people who dislike it mm. tend to really dislike it. Yeah. You know? I think it, it's interesting, because I, I think what changed it for me was watching um, streamers and, mm. and watching their clips on YouTube. Yeah. is like, they're, like, pretty much always jazzed when they find a Car 98, and they'll, like, 90... Six percent of the time, they pick it up if they have the opportunity to. Totally um, to the point where I'm like surprised when they don't now. Yeah, um, me too. And so that's you know the the main reason is these guys are all good players and they're all very quick at lining up those headshots, which is exactly what this this gun is should be used for and and is best used for is just lining up that headshot and taking it. If you, it's like. It's just so worth taking the extra second to like try to get that 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 headshot on them, um, because a body shot is it's like you might as well be using an a not an AR but say an SKS or a mini, right? Um, if you're gonna get the body shot, um, yeah, those are better weapons to use for that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's amazing. You know, these, it's something I, it just takes so much time to practice, but getting good at lining those up, especially at long range. Yeah. Headshot weapon, and therefore kind of a high skill weapon. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. we can't overstate the importance of landing those headshots. Like, and I agree, watching pro streamers play with this weapon really changed my opinion of it too. Like, watching them just go like, aim, bam, that player's dead. Aim, mm-hmm. bam, that player's dead. And you watch them, you know, sometimes you watch a high skill player drop like three people in five seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's really, you know, play this game for long enough and you'll get enough kind of crazy, you know, one-shot insta-dead deaths from someone else using a car 98 and you'll start to understand how powerful it is. It's definitely a high-skill weapon and one of the reasons for that is that it's just super slow. So, first of all, it's... um it's almost two seconds between each shot. And if you're in some kind of intense firefight, that can just feel like forever. Wow, yeah, I didn't realize it was, yeah, that makes sense though. Yeah. Almost two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, land the shot. <laughs> you, got, you gotta land that headshot, you know? I've had so many instances using the Car 98 where I land my first shot, but it's not a headshot, and then they just kill me before I have time to take my second shot. This has actually given way to one of the, what I think is one of the more pro strategies in this game, which I'm actually not good at this, but where you take your first shot with the car 98, and then if it doesn't immediately drop the other player, before you reload, you'd switch to your other weapon, probably your assault rifle. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you continue to pepper people to finish them off, right? Right. Yeah, my favorite is, is... Car 98 first, and then my sawed off. <laughs> there you go. Just, <laughs> just you know, seal the I hate, deal. I hate aiming. It's <laughs> like, I like to have to aim only once during any encounter, and then then I'm done. I just get get out my shoddy and, and spray. I'm being facetious. Forgive me. But um, I'm looking at the headshot. Um, so, of course, it's pretty well known that you can't kill someone if they have a level three helmet with a one shot with the mm, car ninety eight. That's if right. They have full health, um, mm. and it looks like the damage is eighty one on a level three helmet. Mm, okay. So, you know, it's good to know if you're in a firefight with somebody and they, you know, that they have a car ninety eight, and you're wondering if you should peek, and you have a level three helmet, you want your health to be above about uh, four fifths or eighty one percent, and so. That's good to know. I didn't actually know that till just now. Um, yeah. And it's like a pretty relevant number. Um, <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> it happens a lot. Well, so. for, for example, if you heal up using a first aid kit um, yeah. and then you take a headshot, your health will not be high enough to keep you alive. Exactly. Because that'll yeah. be at 75. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you take your boost, wait a couple moments, and you're ready to go. Yeah. And if they hit you, you'll just be at like 1%. No big deal. It's just hang out behind your rock for a little while longer. <laughs> just think about yeah. your life choices. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was watching Shroud play uh, this, this one encounter. And there's this guy who's like 400 meters away. And sh- pretty quickly, Shroud just nails him in the head with a car 98. And he doesn't die, right? Mm-hmm. And then like... 
two seconds later, this guy pops up again and Shroud's like, <laughs> okay. And he nails him in the head again and kills him. And then Shroud's like, you know, if, if it were me and I peeked my head out and someone immediately nailed me in the head from 400 yards, I'd think about whether I wanted to peek again. <laughs> you know, he's like, I would assess that that was a very good player and I probably didn't want to tangle with them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just think about that. You know, sometimes <laughs> your opponent has the car 98, they have good aim, and it's just probably not your fight. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. In, you know, general tip, if you're peeking, unless it's a big building where you can't peek the other side of it quickly, you know, if it's a tree... Like, alternate the side you peek on, um, or a rock. Because people will just aim the last place you peeked, and then you're down right when you peek. So, you know, just peek the other side. Just vary it up. Another reason the Car 98 is so slow is that it takes a long time to load. Um, do you want to kind of walk us through this, Robin? Because there are a number yeah. of parts to it. Right. So it's it's definitely a habit of mine that whenever I shoot a gun and I have a moment to stop and think about my life, I'll reload. It's just like second nature. I don't even think about it. And I've been wondering if it makes sense to do with the car um, because it has two different types of reloads. One is after you shoot anywhere between one to four bullets um, and not, you don't use all five, you do this single bullet reload animation where they'll, the player will open the bolt and then start loading bullets in one by one. And that's if you if you have to do a bullet by bullet reload. If you use all of them, you do this kind of magazine animation where they'll open yeah, the bolt. It's a clip, right? You load yeah. a full clip. Put this, like, clip. It's, and it's different. It's not like a magazine that hooks into the bottom, right? It's like, it's a group of bullets that are connected at their base with a metal strip. Yeah. He, he puts it on top and then just kind of pushes the bullets down in. And so... It's. I just looked up the timing. I always assumed that the full reload, if you use them all, is going to be... If you just use them all and then do that, it's going to be faster than if you, um, say, wait and like do it one by one. Because it takes a lot of time each time you reload each one. And it's like clock, 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 clock <laughs> yeah. to put them in. And so the timing on that, um, it's four seconds if you do the full reload. And then there's actually two different types of speeds when you do the bullet by bullet. The first one takes a little bit longer because the player has to open the bolt. And then that takes 1.69 seconds to do that first one. So if you've shot just one bullet and you do a reload with the car 98, it's 1.69 seconds. If you shoot two bullets, the first bullet's 1.69. The second bullet is 0.75 seconds. Mm. And so if we do a little bit of math here, if you shoot four bullets and not the total five and do a reload, that'll be the three of them are at 0.75. So that puts us at what? Isn't that two, 225? Yes, I think you're right. Yep, so 2.25 plus 1.69, 3.94. So we're just shy of a full reload time. And so. It's pretty, pretty damn comparable. Um, if you're at, if you've used four bullets, um, you know you might as well shoot one more and then do the full reload. If if you have the opportunity. 
<laughs> I don't know if that yeah. even makes sense, but in some cases it might. Just like, ah, eh, might as well like spam them with one more, make them hide, and then do a full reload. And you get basically a little bit more bullets for your reload time. Um, but yeah, there it is. If you were wondering the, the time difference, um, that's it. That's it. So, um, of course, the bullet loops speed it up by 30%, which I think is true for any like reload modifier in this game. It seems to always be a 30% reduction. Oh, cool. Uh, so that includes the, the um, quick draw. Quick draws and then bullet loops. Got it. 30% reduction in reload time, which is, I'm assuming that's applied to both the single bullet reload and the full reload for the Car 98. Yeah, that would be interesting to, yeah. to know. I tried to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. The the data's Yeah. And and just so you guys know as well, um a lot of this information comes from old data mines that were done on the uh early access version of the game. So these numbers may have changed and of course they're always subject to change, so um don't don't take them as canon. I, I think it's it just kind of puts you in the neighborhood of what you should be thinking about. Yeah. They change this stuff only marginally. It's really not. I, I doubt that you're ever going to see a drastic change in any of these uh, measurements. So, um, mm. yeah, just a few other things about the Car 98. It, the base hit damage is 72, right? Okay, yeah. I think so. And the initial bullet speed is uh, 760, which is it's kind of huh. slow, actually. I'm actually a little surprised. That is yeah. kind of slow. Yeah, it's, it's slower than a Mini, for example. Yeah. And the, what's the fastest? Is probably the M16 at like 990? Yeah, or so? um, I wonder if the AWM has a, a really fast uh, one. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's but, tricky. I, I kind of treat the snipers as having the same bullet speed that bolt action snipers, I should say, but they probably definitely don't have the same one. Yeah, yeah the AWM has a, has a bullet speed of 910. So yeah, it's a lot faster. So 910? So, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so it's actually, yeah, the, the, um, car 98, I think all of the seven mil bullets just travel Whoa. fairly slowly. Yeah. Dude, that yeah. mini has a bullet speed of 990. Yeah. So that's a, you know, that's why people call it a laser beam, you know? Yeah. It's one of, one of the attractions of that gun. Yeah. 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 And it also, the car 98 has a body hit impact power of 16,000, which is actually lower than the SKS which is interesting, mm. but it's still quite high. So mm-hmm. if you get nailed by one of those, you'll definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. The Car 98 is a, it's a staple of the game. Um, it's so much a character of playing PUBG, and uh, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely a weapon worth getting to know, especially if you reach a certain skill level in this game, you will 100% want to be able to be effective with a Car 98. Um, yes. or, or any of its improved cousins like the M24 or the AWM. Right. The, the, the bolt-action snipers are just critical in this game. I'm sad I didn't get to play this last week because I, I usually will play a lot with the weapon we're going to cover, and um, I'm just kind of liking the idea of having a double Car 98 loadout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, it's your favorite loadout. <laughs> yeah. Just put a red dot on one and 8x on the other. Good, Good to go. go. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you got mm-hmm. your sawed off car ninety eight just to fill in that pistol slot. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish.
So um, speaking of sawed off, uh, let's uh, let's move on to our Miramar specific location highlight, which this week is going to be El Pozo. Initially, it was an initial favorite with a squad that uh, Robin and I often play with of Tim, Max, and Henry. Mm-hmm. And they liked it because it uh, has a death bowl in it. They actually had this strategy they would do. Apparently, they got four squad wipes doing this um, in different games where they would, they would yeah. all land near the death bowl. And three of them would get weapons and kind of post up in strategic high vantages and then the fourth one would go and get a vehicle and (laughs) they just drive it into the death bowl and just do just donuts basically trying to attract other players in the region that is insane to me yeah i mean it does kind of make sense though it's just (laughs) the hard part is just getting everyone to get weapons in time and into the the correct spots to be able to really shoot a squad yeah engaging your people Mm-hmm. Yeah, fortunately, there's there's high ground all around the death ball. You know, you can kind of climb up and get your Winchesters primed, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it depends on who's in the map with you, I guess. It's like yeah. some people hear a vehicle and they're like, "Let's go," and other people hear a vehicle and they're like, "You know, like time to hunker down." And right. so, right, you know, actually, not people. It's like all players probably do both, depending on what's happening. But right. And this this isn't a pro strategy, but um, it definitely led to some hilarity during the early days of Miramar. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're ever feeling like a jack-off, you can try this tactic and see if it gets you anywhere. So let's talk yeah. about El Pozo itself. It is quite a large city. It's actually one of the largest cities on Miramar. It's uh, on the yeah. northwest portion of the map. There's a lot going on here. So um, it, it has a death bowl. It also has a one of those bigger arenas with the covered awning. What what do we call those? Is it just arena? I think it, it to me it looks like a rodeo mm, arena, mm-hmm. but it has this kind of dirt pit. Yeah, or like a matador so, thing. Yeah, something like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. So, or you know, maybe a demolition derby. Who knows? But that kind of thing could um, be. It's like a cir- circular set of bleachers, and there's awnings over the bleachers, and then open over the middle, and it's a circular ring. Right. And it's kind of interesting because it like it feels like it'd be this cool like attractive place, but there's not a lot of loot in the middle. No, not um, really. And there's no cover in the middle, and so yeah. it's really not attractive at all. Except <laughs> that you you could go to the bleachers, and the bleachers have decent loot, but there's no cover there either. And so I feel like it it just makes sense to put a bunch of stuff in the middle of it, mm. put a bunch of stuff there and a lot more loot, and make it into like a little pinball. Mm. or not paintball paintball um we're like it'd be attractive and also would lead to some like interesting firefights instead of like oh i'm in the open you're in the open let's see who can like land these shots most quickly (laughs) right yeah Uh, uh, who who got the winchester versus the shotgun right totally exactly yeah yep so yeah that's an interesting spot um there's also uh, there's like a one of those wrestling arenas I think it's like a boxing ring or a wrestling arena, uh, kind of like you mm. see at Picado. Mm-hmm. It's one of those buildings um, typically has pretty good loot, so that's a hot spot that people like to drop. And then it just, you know, there's a lot of warehouses here, one of those kind of long barn warehouses, um, some of the brick warehouse constructs, and there's even a few wacky jackies. So... 
It's definitely this is the kind of city that could fully kit out like three or more squads. Mm -hmm. uh, but I actually don't find it to be that popular. Even when the plane flies right over it, there's usually only one or two other squads that drop right. there. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of vehicles. It's a nexus of um, a road that goes north and south along the west side and one that goes out east um, from my memory. And there might even be more. So, yeah, it's it's really, um, I think it's a great spot to land on Miramar. I think if you want that big city experience, but you're a little afraid of Los Leones, um, El Pozo can be a really excellent place to go. And mm -hmm. it's just one of my favorite places to fight because the topography of the town is so varied. Like, for starters, it's not flat. Like, Los Leones is pretty much a flat city, but El Pozo is not. There's, there's mm -hmm. just all kinds of hills and there's slight grades and there's more severe grades. And oh, yeah, wait. This is that, that town with the kind of hilly area out to the west, like southwest side. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a sniping ledge up there. Yeah. Uh, so people can rain down on you from... Actually, from, mm -hmm. from really um, both sides, this kind of... It, it rises in elevation to the north as well. Yeah. So... Oh, okay. It's just yep. a, it's such a varied environment. You really have to, you have to watch your angles when you're hanging out in El Pozo, as well as the fact that some of the skyscrapers are actually quite tall and you can get up into them. You know, you can get up to the top floor. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think of it as like mini Los Leones is how mm -hmm. I like to think about this place. Wow, dude, it like looks so different from... I remember it. I think I'm conflating it with like some of these other mm. towns out to the west because Monte Nuevo has a lot of parallels. Yeah, um, yeah. They both have a circular arena, the rodeo thing. Right. Um, totally different layouts, but well, although Nuevo has no skyscrapers, so that's a good thing to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lots of car spots in El Pozo. Yeah, lots. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, a you know, I I just find it to be it's a very varied fighting experience, and um, no no two drops there ever feel the same to me. I I highly recommend it, and I think it's a little under dropped and a little underappreciated. So I think you can it can be a really great start, especially to a squad match. I think it's time to move on to our main topic, huh? I think so. All so, right. Um, today, what we're doing basically when to engage people and when not to. Um, and so this is kind of mostly, I mean, it's, it's really, I think what makes the game most fun is not knowing what, where people are, finding the people, and then kind of deciding what to do from there. Um, and so when to engage, you can kind of, it, you know, there's definitely bad times to do it and there's good times to do it, um, depending on various factors that we're about to get into. But, um, the main thing, I think th there's there's kind of the patience mode and then there's the kind of aggressive, like just <laughs> yeah. call of duty mode. Like <laughs> if you see, you don't know what I'm talking about probably or judo, but no. call of duty. Just like, it's just a really fast paced close range shooter where like you pretty much always shoot somebody exact, like right when you see them. Um, um, or like oh, counter-strike in that way. Yeah. So it looks like we've got kind of a, couple lists here of when to decide to engage when to do that and when not to so 
definitely you don't want to wait and be patient if somebody has already seen you <laughs> yeah no if, if you're no looking at, at each other moment. you might want to take the shot first um, right that's obvious and then also it's it's kind of a we have one bullet point saying, you know, when you feel confident, you can win the fight. Often you don't have the choice. You know, it's like if I was a guy on the other end of that headshot that you were talking about earlier with um, Shroud, where yeah. someone hits me at 400 meters, it's like, well, I guess I'm like in a firefight now. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess you always have the option to run, though, too, you know. Like, right. Throw some smokes or find your escape route, and right. you know instead of peeking, you know running at a perpendicular angle to where you think the shot came from. But um, so yeah, that you don't have to fight every fight, even if no. someone is no. first. And that's that's actually one of yeah exactly one of the biggest skills in PUBG is learning when you actually have to run away um, when mm. it's just not in your interests to keep fighting, and we'll we'll address that a little bit further on in this mm. topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I put this point in here when you feel confident, you can win the fight. So what, what might make you feel confident? First of all, if it's the beginning of a match and you're confident that you have better gear, then that's a great time to engage. So like, uh, if you see or hear someone firing a pistol and you have an ump, uh, it's probably a great time to just go and take them out. You have a decisive advantage in that fight. Another thing that might make you feel confident is if you have a much better position than they do. So if they're running across a courtyard and you're in the second story of a house and you have any kind of decent long-range weapon or even mid-range weapon, then you're just highly advantaged to win that fight. And it's probably a good idea to just take them by surprise and start lighting them up. Other examples, maybe a player has demonstrated that they're just not very good, you know? Maybe they potatoed a bunch of shots at you and you're like, I just need to put this poor soul out of their misery. That's that's an, just another example of, of a situation which you might feel like, yeah, I am just have a strong likelihood of winning this encounter. If your cover's better than their cover in general, it's a, a great, great way to start a fight. Also... Sometimes, this is my favorite one, um, is creating a diversion. If there's a teammate who is moving or getting revived, and obviously if your teammate's out there down and you have another teammate trying to revive them, they might be sitting ducks, depending on their position, and they'd be easy pickings for an enemy. And so in that case, it makes sense. This is like classic, like, um, what's the movie? Lethal Weapon. It's like mm. you see two guys behind cover. It's like Mel Gibson and Danny Glover or whatever. And it like they want to change positions. And one of them will say, cover me, and then runs. And then the other guy will just like blindly like mm. stick his head out from the corner and just start blasting, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> this is that kind of situation where you have a teammate that's vulnerable and you want to provide as much suppressive fire as possible just to to kind of confuse, scare, intimidate, and hopefully cause damage on an enemy who might be engaging them. And so um, this is something, it's a phrase I wish we used more, actually. Cover me! Cover me! (laughs) (laughs) It's just like classic. It's a a perfect tactic for this game. Yeah, yeah. It adds to that cinematic quality that we all crave, 
right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and this actually reminds me of a, a piece of advice that you used to give a lot, Robin, which was if you're playing in squads and one of you gets knocked out, um, mm-hmm. that's a great moment to just say, hey, I'm knocked out, um, create a diversion, right? So yeah. if you yeah. s- just start firing your weapon in the general direction, um, even if you don't know specifically where the enemy is, it right. will deter them from taking the time to finish you off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this is awesome. Yep. So if, let's say an enemy just um, took me out and I'm up by a warehouse or something and you're 100 meters away and I call them out as like, oh, they're like on the other side of the warehouse. Basically, at that point, um, you can just start shooting at, the, like, take a couple of shots at the warehouse and then start sprinting and then maybe even, like, stop every now and then and just, like, shoot a bunch, like, at their direction so that if they're peeking or something like that, they can hear, they're, like, maybe feeling like, oh, shit, I have to take care of this other person before I finish this other guy. Um, and I, it just, it, depending on the situation, it can really help um, where they'll, they'll turn their attention away from you and be worried more about the guy that has the gun so totally yeah and there's definitely been examples where this has saved someone's life and there's been other examples Mm -hmm. where it probably would have saved their life yeah 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 Yeah. there's a lot of cases where it won't help but yeah sometimes good Mm -hmm. you know really shrewd players are gonna know when they have an opportunity to finish someone off so it won't always work but but, right yep yep yeah but most players um I don't know. I guess it's not a common tactic, I don't think. For no. someone to sh- shoot suppressive fire in this game to like intimidate, if I hear bullets around me, I assume someone can see me and that yeah. there's like there's something I need to be worried about. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's somewhat analogous to the tactic of if you have someone pinned behind a rock or a tree and you keep firing on that you know, maybe mm-hmm. on the left exactly. side of the tree, even though you can't see them, you can sometimes scare them into moving that's, so that you exactly. can see that's them. That's probably a better example than the warehouse example. Like, yeah. 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 So, you know, it doesn't always work, but it's worked for me killing other people and it's worked on me in the past. So, um, try it out. This uh, next point is one that WTF Moses stresses a lot. And I just think it's such a good point. He says, you should wait to engage until you have enough time to take the amount of shots that will be necessary to kill them. So for like an example he would give is let's say that, you know, someone's in a house and their UAZ is parked like 50 yards away from the house and you're, you're camping this person and waiting for them to come out. If they open the door to a house and start running and you immediately start firing on them, even if you get a couple shots off, that'll give them plenty of time to just retreat back into the house. Yeah. And basically, at that point, they can heal up and and you are not only right back to where you started, but they now know where you are. Yeah. So a better way to take that is to wait for them to be at least halfway to the UAZ or even start firing just before they get in the UAZ and then finish them off right when they hop in. Um, and what it does is it just it gives them much, many less options for, for retreating to cover, and it puts them in much hotter water. So 
this you know it's not always you can't always predict what another person's going to do and sometimes it doesn't work out the way you planned it in your head but it's a really excellent thing to be thinking about like especially if you see them they haven't seen you and you have a little time just think about like where are they running what are they running by what did they run away from um when's going to be my perfect time to pop off that first shot and oftentimes it's not right when you see them oftentimes it's more advantageous to take a moment take stock of the situation and then really line it up properly mm -hmm. exactly and this is true it happens a lot in long range uh situations where you see people running up a hillside and they're 300 meters out and like you could it depending on how far away and what gun you have and if all your squad mates are focused on them you know it could make sense to shoot at them or you're just going to end up like maybe landing a couple shots but they're going to survive and then everyone on that part of the map knows where you are right? totally and so definitely one of those things where you want to wait until you can actually down somebody that's kind of, that's my criteria it's just like would i am i going to be able to down this person now that's there's one qualm I have with that, which is, again, it's, I think I've brought this up before, where sometimes I'm not really in the game to win. Yeah. I'm kind of in the yeah. game to like create these more cinematic moments that are fun. And for me, if I have an M24 or any kind of bolt-action sniper, and I have... It's, this is tr more true in solos, um, and I see someone running at a distance, I'll usually go for the running headshot. Um, even if it's far away, just because it is so satisfying <laughs> to land those shots. Oh, sick brags, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like it's just so clip worthy, and and um, you know, I'll, it's fun also to like wait and be patient, and then like stalk them and get closer and take them out with like a boring M4 kill or something like that too. But, yeah, just wait until they <laughs> finally stop moving behind that tree, and then you nail them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, right. it depends on what you're going for. And maybe, I don't know, it's like in squads, maybe it makes sense at the outset to, like, define, like, hey, are we going to, like, play this super smart or are we going to, like, go for, like, crazy and, like, fun cinematic stuff? Um, just so, you know, it can be a little irritating if if people are playing with different styles during a game and taking right. and, and evaluating risk to, in a different way. Right. So... Well, and that brings up a great point of an, another time to engage is when you have the buy-in from your team. So an excellent question to ask yourself whenever you're playing in squads is, you know, knowing, knowing where my team is and what we're doing is now the right time to engage, right? Because in solos, there's just a lot less to think about. Um, but, but, you know, when you're playing on a squad, there are just so many things to think about. You know, where are your teammates? Are they ready to fight? Um, is the team of the person you're going, you're trying to shoot, um, are they all with that person? Are you going to end up in a 1v3 situation? Um, these are, you know, uh, are they in a better position than we are overall? Um, and do mm -hmm. we, you know, is it a case where we really actually just need to jump into that UAZ and drive off and not take this fight? Mm -hmm. So yeah. these... This is the kind of stuff where when you play in squads, it becomes exponentially more important to just communicate with your team. Right. 
Which is it's hard because you know sometimes you have this window of opportunity that's like <laughs> yeah two seconds right and mm-hmm. so at that then you're like well shit should I ask my squad mates if I should engage this person or should I just like take the shot um, and that's just a judgment call just depends right. I've had it go both ways, you know, like I've had yeah. times when we were all just kind of happily looting and then one of our teammates like firing and then like within 30 seconds, we're all dead. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and you're just like, God <laughs> damn it, dude. Like <laughs> you really yeah. could align that one up better. Right. Totally. But, you know, I've had but other situations where like, you know, you're, you're all just like doing your thing and then someone you hear a shot near you and like you're like, oh, Someone's like, oh, took him down, headshot, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sometimes one of your teammates will just down two people before you even know what's going on. And then yeah. it's just easy to mop up the rest of them. So yeah. this is it's hard to give a specific metric for how to judge that, but it's mm-hmm. it's just the kind of thing that you want to start thinking about. Just, mm-hmm. just start trying to assess, you know? And, and I think a good rule especially in squads, maybe don't fire the moment that you see someone. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, if they've seen you and they're firing at you, then of course all bets are off. But Mm -hmm. if you see someone at a distance, just just work with having your first response be, I've seen someone giving a thorough call out and then just kind of seeing what the consensus of the squad is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So let, let's talk about that. Why, why might you not want to engage? What are some of the situations that would make you decide, uh, actually, now is not the time to be starting a fight? Um, yeah. Well, you know, we haven't talked about the circle yet. Yes. Uh, which is usually a big factor. Yes, and that's so, huge. Especially in the last half of the game, it's, you're thinking about the circle as much as you are about enemies. And so um, if you're racing to get in, and the blue is right behind you, or even even within 60 seconds, I'd say, of reaching you. Um, unless it looks like it's going to be a really fast firefight, you know, you'd want to strongly consider not engaging people if they haven't seen you yet. Or hell, even if they have seen you, sometimes it makes yeah. sense if they're not super close, just to say, you know what, like, it, especially if they're in an equal footing position and compared to the circle where it's like, well, they're going to, it's better for me to get to the white before them. And then they're in that situation where they're between us and in the blue zone um, coming in. And so that's one where I'll usually opt. And I know you're really conservative about this, Arjuna, Mm. is um, if there's any chance of the circle catching us, even if it's a little ways out, like a minute and a half, you're like, no, let's, let's get in and then worry about these people. I, yeah. It's one of my soapboxes in this game. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people overall don't pay enough attention to the circle. And I think that people don't give it enough respect. Um, and especially in the late game, uh, you, you get chunked so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would rather risk it. It's like, if... If the blue gets away from you and it's in the late game, you will certainly die. If you are running in potentially dicey territory, you may die. But mm-hmm. I, I would take the I take the risk every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I and in fact, it's this game is funny. It puts you in funny situations where sometimes, like this, happened to me multiple times. 
my entire squad and an entire enemy squad are running like 50 yards from each other and there's like this tacit understanding like it's just <laughs> we just can't fight right now like it's it's yeah. not going to be in anyone's interest for us to fight right now so we're like we're right. running and we're like eyeing each other hungrily and yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. it's just, it's one of the reasons i love this game is that you end up in yeah. these kind of absurd situations like that right yeah so and i've definitely fallen on like the bad side of the temptation in that moment where the wrong side where I'm we're we're doing that for a while and then I'm like ah fuck it and I'll just stop and like kill them <laughs> and then the circle will end up getting me <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and I I really it's true it can be really tempting to say oh I'm just gonna take them with me you know yeah um and that's fine if that's the way you want to play the game by you know be my guest to do that but I, I really think if you're trying to maximize your win percentage it is a losing proposition yeah but and, and you know again it's like it's a nuanced thing where I think it does on some level it makes sense to at least play with when to do that like I think if, if you're too conservative then you never take the risk enough times to know exactly when you can take it mm, or like when meaning when you can take the risk of actually stopping and shooting them yeah and like getting getting into the circle within like a hair of your life um and winning and losing in this game comes down to knowing exactly the right time to say all right i'm just close enough to the circle that i can stop and engage mm, these guys yeah and get in without dying you know right and so if you're always waiting until you completely within you know you might give them just enough edge um to like do the same against you right to like stop and take you out or something so right um it's a really good point mm -hmm. sometimes someone will give you an opportunity that's just too good you know maybe you watch someone ahead of you run into the white and just drop down and start healing right exactly that might just be a perfect opportunity to stop in the blue line up a headshot and just take them out yeah you know um yeah, so on to the distance thing again, you know, whether or not to engage people who are far away. I've, you know, I tend to not try to do this, and especially in squads mm. and solos. More often, I will engage people at a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fun thing about this is you can maybe bait people or even just, like, move around in such a way that they can see you and try to get them to see you, and then... Don't even fire back, especially. Let's say they're they're outside of the white circle, um, but in the within the blue one, and you're in the white one. They're more vulnerable than you, mm. and so if you make them expose their own position and make them shoot at you, um, it's a little bit risky because you can end up getting sandwiched. But the fun thing is, if you make them shoot without shooting yourself, they've made themselves the juicy target. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if someone does kill them, they're probably going to notice where they were shooting. And so it might not be great because you are still kind of giving your position away to whoever might come along after them. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, and I see this a lot in footage is, you know, Fuglet or somebody will take someone down who's in a firefight. And then, yes. of course, they can infer where the other person is is on the, in the circle. Or it might be like if there's only four or five players left, too, that's really important information. Yeah. Right? To know where they were shooting so yeah exactly uh, but it can be it's fun to bait shots and just let them 
make themselves vulnerable. I've definitely, you know, I'd be sitting up on a hill. This happened more in the early days. We, we, had, we thought it was so fun to like try to snipe people from a long distance. And we would just sit up on a hill and try to snipe people who were like way too far away, right? And then <laughs> yeah. people would just like walk up behind us and just shoot us in the back <laughs> of the head. just take you like, out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we've been yeah. literally just sitting there shooting for like 60 seconds, mm-hmm. not looking around. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. So exactly. That, that awareness of awareness of what kind of noise you're making um and awareness of making the same noise in the same spot for too long Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. super important in this game like i i can't tell you how many times i've like heard someone 200 yards away and they're clearly like on some high rocks sniping people right yeah and it's just like for the next two minutes you just hear them up there doing it right (laughs) and i've done this before where i've actually i'll just i'll run over there It'll take me like a full minute to get there. Um, When I'm like 50 yards away, I'll start crouch running. And then when I'm right around the corner, I might even start tiptoeing, right? And they're just still standing in the same place, just blasting away. And you just just wipe them out. And so this is something, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but... um, it's it's just really good to remember that every time you make a noise in this game, people can hear you. And if you stay in the same spot, it is a decided disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So just be thinking about that. So yeah, it's it's I often find that your choices to engage become different depending on which stage of the game you're in. So it's just safer to be a bit risky in the beginning of the game because you you have don't have as much invested in it. The further you get into the game, the higher risk you take on by engaging people, especially when it's not the best choice. Like in the in the final circles in this game, it's actually, like you were saying, Robin, it's very tactical to be choosy about when you engage. Yeah. Like, for example, like you were saying, if there are two players that are fighting, especially if you can see both of them, uh, mm-hmm. It's often to your advantage to wait until one of them kills the other one and then just finish them off right then. Right. Unless you're super kill hungry and you just sure. need to kill both of them. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which you know who you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like you're watching somebody's dream and they're like salty about someone stealing their kills, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if, yeah, if you're a greedy fuck, you can probably just disregard this exactly. whole podcast ever. I'm talking about you, bit. Yeah, I'm talking about you, bro. <laughs> One thing I've done more times than I can count in solos is that um, there'll be two people fighting and one of them wins and the one who wins immediately runs up and goes prone and starts looting the dead one, right? Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've been watching that encounter, that's just a free kill and two loot boxes for you. Yep. So, you know, it's just, it really, it can really pay off to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hear someone fight, shooting and it's clearly not at you, it's really in your interest to take a moment and scope it out and see what's going on uh, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes prioritize your targets. Speaking of Fuglet, I saw this amazing moment in one of his streams. It just passed by, but it was such a profound moment where he comes upon two people fighting and he takes a moment and then he actually, he kills the person who's further away. Yep. And he's like, 
I killed that person because they were looking at me. They were looking mm. in my direction. Yeah, I think I remember this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, even though he, he had this moment where he could have killed the other player who was much closer to him, who was facing away from him. But he mm -hmm. took a second and he realized, if I kill this person, the other person is going to see me do it and they'll have an advantage. So he actually took the yeah. time to line up a longer shot and kill the yeah. further away player. Yeah. That was just... Genius. It was, it yeah, was yeah. just priceless <laughs> <laughs> anyway just a few more points uh obviously if you don't have very much ammo then it mm -hmm. might be good to pass up a fight if you don't have to you know if you don't have to take it don't take it i mean you've always got melee is my, my <laughs> you run out of bullets just charge man yeah just punch snipe him from 100 yards <laughs> <laughs> put put that fifteen times scope on your fist and fuck him up. Yeah, I do wish melee was a little cleaner, a little longer game. range. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Definitely. go go you get, gadget arms. Yeah, you uh -huh. get the bull whip going on in this game. <laughs> I would um, love that. Another situation that comes up in squads is your other three teammates have died. And you're mm. in the final circles by yourself. Excellent point. And you just see a full squad <laughs> running around. It's like, you really have to be choosy then about when you engage them. Um, and usually, it's like, it's pretty damn hard to take on a full squad. Um, out in the open, I'd say the chances of taking on a full squad are like 2%. It's like super low. That I mean, depending on who you are, but if, yeah. if it's just like, you jump out from behind a tree and like they're they're behind trees or whatever it's outside outdoors in general is going to be really hard indoors on the other hand it's a lot easier to take on a squad because mm. you can isolate them totally um, rooms and hallways and, and the structure of the building which is is a lot better um but it usually makes sense to just really wait for the best opportunity if you see a squad and you're by yourself um you know wait till they're engaged where you can throw a grenade like at, at a group of them and then right after you throw the grenade, maybe start shooting the other guy with bullets or something like that. Um, being cheesy about when to do that. If they're out running there, like I wouldn't shoot them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they, they all have nothing better to do except just stop and fire back. Um, wait till they have their attention on something else. So Totally. I think solo versus multiple, you know, solo versus squad is one of the most skill-testing forms of the game um, mm -hmm. because you're right. It's You need to engineer the situation so that you're doing a series of 1v1s. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, yeah. sometimes if, if you're silenced and at distance, you can just willy-nilly shoot at a squad. Yeah, um, Maybe true. not willy-nilly, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, there's, there's probably other examples that we haven't lined up here, but I think the, the takeaway from all of this is that um, it's important to be considering this throughout the game. And it's important to just take a mental note of the times when, oh, you know what, I engaged too soon. Or, mm -hmm. oh shit, I waited too long. I think oftentimes in this game, you don't actually have the luxury of figuring out the best play in the moment. But what you do have the luxury of is um, building up your library of experiences and remembering what worked and what didn't. 
Mm-hmm. I, I find that most of my learning experiences in this game are shortly preceded by my death. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's a really useful thing that you can do. Is and and if you're paying attention enough, and if you're thinking about it enough, and if you're kind of reminding yourself enough, you will start to build this living library of of experiences, and you'll be able to make those decisions more quickly in the moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So, awesome. Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. That. Let's let's wrap this up. Um, uh, we're we're gonna have a little listener participation in the next episode, though. So, uh, Robin, why don't you next? And, and I was thinking maybe give us two weeks for this too, um, just because it's it's something I I want to come up with. I want to do well, and so what we're thinking about doing in two weeks is doing just a top ten do's and don'ts as our main topic, meaning. I guess, did you want to do a top 10, just general, like, tips of, of do's and don'ts that are all, yeah. like, together? Yeah. Okay. So let's, just kind of, like, them. top 10, we'll just say top 10 tips, because it's alliterative. And um, so this is something, obviously, Arjuna and I love being arbitrary and just giving um, bad advice willy-nilly based on our own subjective experience. But we Woo-hoo. thought we'd try something different. And... <laughs> Ask and you and guys. give people your bad advice. Yes, exactly. Secondhand <laughs> we'll like bad a, advice. A half-baked attempt at crowdsourcing this and, <laughs> and um, ask you guys to send us emails or messages on Discord or whatever. And we'll kind of compile, um, at least take into consideration what other people are mentioning as, as do's and don'ts. And if, if something gets mentioned a lot, we'll definitely put it more toward the top of the list um, in terms of our top 10 tips. And so we'd love to hear you guys' contributions and thoughts on kind of the top 10 tips for this game. And uh, yeah, that, I, I look forward to doing that. And this is something I could see evolving mm. over time too, where we might um, update it and, and do a show on it every once in a while. And um, definitely good food for thought. And this is something I'm doing like when I'm traveling, for example, is like, I, I'll make mistakes of, and I won't have a like charged phone for a day or something like that. So I like make these little rules for myself um, to help me remember what how to do things. And so yeah, this is what know, that's for. Don't leave your passport. Don't leave your passport in Eugene or uh, at your house when you're going to jump on an international flight. <laughs> um, if you do do that, have a co-host on your podcast slash housemate who's very fast and can get it and bring it to you on time. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, fortunately you'd taken care of both of those. So it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us on this long ass episode. Um, hope you are enjoying it either in one fell swoop or in your installments. We just really love having you guys on this show. Can't say it enough. Keep shouting us out on the Discord. Leave us those reviews on iTunes. We love them. They're like cocaine. You know, if you're feeling generous, swing by our Patreon and make a donation. You can donate as little as a dollar a month, and it makes a huge difference to us. And just share this show wherever things can be shared. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And I'll I'll see you again next week from Spain. So don't forget to pick up the gas. Robin out. Bye-bye.